This is Top Floor, episode 118. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 118. Welcome to Top Floor with Susan Berry. This weekly podcast ride up to the top floor features tangible tips and excellent stories from the experts and characters who elevate hospitality. And now your host and elevator operator, Susan Berry. Welcome to the show. When Christine Trippi started her hotel career at age 17, driving the hotel van and working in the laundry, she would never have imagined being named General Manager of the Year. After a career as a hotel fixer, turning red zone hotels with terrible service scores around, Christine is now known as the Wise Pineapple. As she lays out in her book, Yes is the Answer, Christine offers a positivity and pineapple-driven philosophy of service that you can't help but feel energized by. Christine is a speaker, trainer, and consultant for hotels that want to transform their operations. And today, we are going to talk about how to make service training stick. But before we jump in, we need to answer the call button. The emergency call button is our hotline for hospitality professionals who have burning questions. If you would like to submit a question, you can call or text me at 850-404-9630. Today's question was submitted by Sandy. Here's what she has to say. How can I get my employees to care as much as I do? No one seems to care about our guests and customers anymore. And I'm so burnt out. I manage a very busy coffee shop and a four-star hotel. All right, Christine, what do you got? Oh, I have so much. Like We could spend the next hour on this topic alone. <laughs> However, I that was Sandy, right? Sandy. Sandy, I hear you. I feel you. And the first thing I would say is that people need a purpose. And when you can combine your position with passion, it will equal purpose. So when you can really get to know your team members and provide something for them that they're doing something greater than themselves and find out what really makes their heart pound, you can then help them combine their position that maybe it's not a position they dreamed of doing. Uh, Our housekeepers maybe didn't dream when they were little girls of becoming housekeepers. But when you can take what they're really good at and blend it with their position, you create purpose. And I know that might sound daunting with the big team that you have. Well, I don't even have anything to add to that because it was so... You would think I gave you that question in advance and I actually did not. So thank you very much, ma'am. One of the formative parts of your career happened when you were general manager of a 30-year-old courtyard by Marriott outside of Chicago. What happened when you were at that hotel? Well, actually, one of the greatest things of my entire career happened. (laughs) And that is I got to watch a team transform. And it was the same team who made it red uh, below the brand threshold of acceptability that in six months, this team made this a shining diamond on the hotel uh, landscape. 
We literally went from red zone to green zone, the top 5% of all courtyards, number one on TripAdvisor, and our financials were through the roof in six months. And it was all pretty much the same people. And it was all through purpose. Sandy, it was all through purpose. <laughs> and uh, and it was all through purpose and desire to serve and loving your team. Really, it was someone who came in and finally loved them. And then they started loving each other. And then they started loving our guests. And then we started loving our results. You went from there to, I think, several other hotels and then ended up with a corporate job at Marriott. And that's one that you have said you would do for free because you loved it so much. It does sound like a really fun job. Can you describe that job and what all it entailed? Yes. And I was able to make that kind of a move into Marriott Corporate because of what I did at that courtyard. It was right after that courtyard that I went uh, to Above Property. I was the senior manager of operations for Marriott International. And what my role was is helping hotels move out of the red zone. So after doing what I did in that older property, uh, I started supporting the entire region. There was over 465 hotels that I supported for brand standard audit, for operations, guest experience, and mostly to move hotels out of red zone to make sure we didn't have any red zone. Now, I, I love being a general manager, but I wouldn't do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it for free. But the, I mean this, if I was independently wealthy, I would have done uh, and, and, and accepted that position completely for free. <laughs> I absolutely loved getting to show people simple strategies and how they can get the results they're dreaming of and to help them build leaders below them to, to get the results that they're dreaming of and then take it to the next level. It was, and also... I loved traveling and I was on the road almost every single week. As a matter of fact, a little side note, when I took that position, I had only been to seven states in my whole life because, you know, we hoteliers were workaholics mm -hmm. and I didn't take my PTO a lot and I didn't travel very much. So I think I was around 45 and I said, wouldn't it be amazing if I can get to all 50 states before I turn 50? I am doing that right now. Oh my God, I have so much to share with you. Okay, but I good. save that for, for off camera. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. And, and that made the whole journey even more exciting for that personal goal as well. So I loved traveling. I loved being on the road. And I loved getting... To, I loved learning so much because... You know, I grew up and lived in Chicago my whole life. So when I went to Denver and we had these um, hillscape hotels that have had quote unquote basements, you know, they had zero ground levels. And I love being able to take my creativity and going, here's how you win with this and turn it around into a positive and going into California with different climates and diff different challenges across the country. And so I, it was such a great learning experience for me too, but being able to walk in and, and help these teams just simplify what we're doing and find really super easy solutions that drive massive results and then watch them stand on stage and collect awards. 
I like that. I love being the audience clapping for them <laughs> more than being on stage. <laughs> so if you loved it, you definitely left of your own volition. Like you decided to leave. So what made you do that? What made you leave and start your business? Oh my gosh. There's so much to articulate with this. However, <laughs> I, I, I wrote the book. Okay, I wrote the book, Yes is the Answer, in 2019. And from there, I started to get a lot of people say, hey, would you come talk to our people? Would you come talk to our teams? And so I did a little bit of that of, of that with permission. And I started getting more and more of that. And that's when I just re- realized, you know, my whole thing since I was 17 years old has been to change the world one yes at a time. And right now, when I was in that role, I was serving one brand for, you know, just uh, select service hotels at the time. And I was getting this call to do something greater. And as terrifying as it was, it literally to do, to d- articulate the terror and the <laughs> indecision, because I love Marriott. I loved my job. And I just was like, oh, is this the right thing to do? More people. And now I can serve any brand, any hotel, any industry and share this, this information. So it was ultimately, I think that I, I asked myself three, three questions. Let me see if I can remember those. One was, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And I was like, okay, I would do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I said, uh, what would you do? What, what is it that you do that makes you come alive? And doing all that, helping people uh, thrive and and showing them simple strategies to get big results. Uh, And then the third one, I'm just drawing a blank right now because probably I'm on the spot for it. But um, it was similar to that, Mm -hmm. though. And it was a yes, yes, yes. And I said, you know what, girl, you can get a job in any hotel company in a New York second. Just try it for one year. And if it doesn't work, then you go back. If it does, then then you keep thriving and keep changing the world. And that's what I did. That's almost exactly what I said to myself when I started my company 15, almost 16 years ago. It was like, look, I can always go back. Mm-hmm. But I never, I'm not going to always have the chance to go forward. So I might as well do that now. It's interesting how many founders of companies have that same sort of like, you know, oh, I always have a fallback position. And you hear advice that you maybe shouldn't have that fallback, like that you have to, I don't know, rip the bandaid off and burn the ships. (laughs) But I think for some of us in hospitality, like founders of companies in hospitality, that makes us more successful. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I... Well, I'll say this, that I did that. And then I I was successful right out of the gate. I was, you know, I had um, keynote speeches booked until August. And then March 13th, no, March 10th happened. And the entire world shut down overnight. Oh, 2020 <laughs> pandemic. Okay. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. When I started my business mm. on my own. And I said to myself, well, maybe you can't just get another job in a <laughs> second. You're oh going to have to make this work. So I kind of had both. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and after that happened, I in my head, I was like, well, that was fun. 
that was a fun three months. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I just thought, I don't know what's next. We'll see what's next. But I, I literally had just started doing free things because I felt, honestly, I'll be honest with you, I had survivor's guilt. I had so much guilt that I wasn't on the, the front lines inside of a hotel at the moment. Um, I really had so much guilt over that. I was doing a lot of free pump-up sessions for a lot of different companies that I was supposed to do their keynote or I was supposed to do something with them. And, you know, they didn't have any money. They didn't have any, they were closing their hotels. So I was just doing pump-up sessions just for free. And, you know, it was, again, I... I didn't do it for this reason, but I think when you put yourself out there and you're giving um, that, it comes back to you. Karma is comes back to you. And and then when we all started to pick back up, you know, I started being able to do some quality work for those companies and whatnot. And I think that 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 is why I am here today. I think. <laughs> You're absolutely right. There are a lot of cool aspects of your business, but one that I think maybe doesn't get the attention it deserves, you tell me, is your membership, the Crown Society. What is that? Can you talk about that a little bit? I would love to talk about that. Okay, so the people I really want to help are those general managers in the hotel, hitting it hard every day, working so hard, and and, uh, the other operational leaders. But typically, it's most most of my members are general managers, but I have some owners, I have some area directors, I have some operational leaders, but it's that general manager that's working so hard and they are the person that doesn't necessarily have $1,000 budgets to bring me out and, and you know retrain the whole team and consult them and whatnot. And when you're doing one-on-one, it, I mean, in order to stay in business, you've got to be charging appropriate rates. Mm -hmm. However, the people I really want to serve are my general managers, you know, in um, little town, Ohio, you know. (laughs) And so what I did was I created a, I think the first of its kind hospitality club. And so since we are a group mindset, I'm able to serve so many individual leaders, but at kind of at the same time. So what this club offers is support and community and a a place where you can ask any question and not be like, oh, am I going to be looked at poorly because I asked this question? Like, should I know this? And it's just so wonderful supporting these leaders every single day. Uh, And so the, the four main things we do every month are goal setting. Uh, We do, I do a masterclass for them every month. We do open Q&A where they can dial in, ask me any questions that they're working on or stuck on. And then we co-work together. Once a month, you dial in, tell me one thing you're going to do to move it off your desk. And then at the end of the hour, you just tell me what you've completed. And it's just that fun accountability. Oh, that's so cool. I love that idea. Do people stay on for the whole hour? Yes, and they stay on, they mute their phone and their video. And that we just, we say, okay, I'm going to do my accounting or I'm going to do, I'm going to create a PowerPoint presentation or whatever it might be. And, and then at the end of the hour, we share what we've completed. I love that idea. You can join us anytime. I need to. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I think everyone's 
favorite part of the club is every Monday, I do a Monday morning huddle. It's a video huddle. It's in our private community. And even when I don't see them commenting and whatnot, I just last week, I did a little meet and greet in Phoenix and a couple of our crowd members came and they were talking how they couldn't live without their starting their week with the Monday morning huddle. I'm like, you're tuning in. I didn't even know. <laughs> so it's so nice. Even when they're not commenting, I know that they're tuning in and, and it's, it's helping remotivate them. So. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. You travel, you said you love to travel and you are now traveling, I think all over the world to help hotels. You're both a speaker and a consultant. Do you prefer one over the other? That's an interesting question because there's nothing like the rush of getting on stage and energizing a room full of a thousand people. I mean, that's crazy. I think I've only had a room that big maybe once. Uh, but that is an adrenaline rush like nothing else. However, what is 10 times more work but so satisfying is consulting with one one company or one hotel team and watching them get results. You know, when you're a speaker, you show up, you give them great strategy, great energy. And I always give them a lot of pullback takeaway items so they can execute. However, I don't stay with them. I, you know, I try to touch base and, and whatnot, but I don't stay with them for accountability and whatnot for over a month or so. And when I'm consulting, I'm able to stay with them and really watch the results increase. And that that's fun. Yeah, that's interesting. So do you have any suggestions for the hotels or the companies that have you come and train and then need to sustain the energy and excitement that they feel right then over a long period of time. One of those suggestions can be to pay you. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, one, I always have a toolkit for every masterclass I do. There's always a follow-up toolkit and it has resources, examples, huddle activities, uh, all kinds of things to help you pull through the content we just taught on. The other thing, one of the things I do at my conferences too, or, or my trainings, I give a spirit band to every participant. And I always say to let that, let them use that as a visual reminder. You know, when you're looking down and checking someone, let it remind you to pause and make friends first to, to lead from the heart. You know, that it really helps in all of my teams. I've always had a visual reminder spirit band with ever topic we were working on. So that's another item. So the toolkit, the spirit band, and then I always have teams make or leaders make an I will commitment. When you write something down and share it with others, you're 10, no, you are 15 times more likely to execute it. And that's a Harvard study. And so, so I always have participants do that as well. Now I give everybody everything they need, but I know Often they don't have the capacity or my energy <laughs> to pull it off. So in that case, I have been asked for a long time to create a follow-up training platform. And I'm about to launch that. So that's kind of what's next for me. I'm about to launch that. Ooh, that sounds so exciting. I can't wait to hear more. In a recent survey, someone who I did not pay to say this 
said that Top Floor is a must listen for hospitality people, insightful, funny, informative with amazing guests. Someone else said, I listened to one and now I am becoming addicted. I also did not pay this person. And yet another person called the show an entertaining interview offering tricks, learnings, anecdotes, and heartwarming tales from hoteliers. No money changed hands for that one either. Here's my point. Somebody somewhere likes listening to Top Floor. And if you are not sharing the show with your friends and colleagues, you are really doing them dirty. I truly appreciate every minute you spend listening to Top Floor and would be really thankful if you would follow the show wherever you listen. We like to make sure that our listeners come away from each and every episode of Top Floor with some really specific, practical, tangible things they can try either in their businesses or in their personal lives. Since you are an author, and I loved your book, by the way, I would love to know this. What are some books that you have read and learned from whether they are about hospitality or not? Holy schnikes, that's a, <laughs> I am a ferocious reader. I'm always in two books. I'm usually listening to one and reading one at the same time. Now, they're not always um, uh, learning books. Usually, I'm listening to a learning and I'm reading a fun book. <laughs> However, I did pull some over for you. Um, the one I want to say offhand, because I just read it, and it is so phenomenal. I want the world to read this book. <laughs> and it is called Unreasonable Hospitality. Christine Trippy, I cried my eyes out reading that book. It just is the best. It's the best. And what I want to share with the world that might be listening right now is that I heard about this book, yet I was like, no, thank you. Because the title made me think that it was a burnt out hospitality leader talking about his unreasonable guests. And I'm like, I don't want, I'm not going there. And then I heard his TED talk about the hot dog. And I went, hot damn tamale, man, get me that book. (laughs) I, that book made me cry so hard. Okay. Yes. Maybe I'll cut this out, but let's go down a rabbit hole for two seconds. (laughs) Number one, did you watch The Bear? Yes. And did you notice that they did all the stuff? And he even was reading that book in The Bear. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Look, before they showed the book, I said, they're totally doing unreasonable hospitality. Yes. And then the other thing, and this one is maybe a little bit less recent it is less recent there was this netflix documentary season and it was called like i think it was called 7 days out Ooh, and nice. when 11 madison park closed for renovation and they were about to open up again they did one they featured them Man, 7 days out might not be the right title These poor listeners are like, girl, get it together. But anyway, it's a great show. And it's about how those guys put their restaurant back together. And that was the first time I saw the thing of when you pick up the piece of China, that they had the um, maker's mark face the same way so that if somebody lifted it up, they could see it. Like 
mind blowing to me. Yes. Literally though, I I read, well, I listened to this book first. I listened to this book first and then I got the book because I'm like, I'm going to give it a month to marinate and then I'm going to read it again. <laughs> it was so good. Yes. And I listened to it first and I, I, when I listen to books, I do it either reading, driving, hiking, biking, you know, and I was running and I literally had to stop because I was crying and I am not a crier. And I because I had to stop running because I was crying. I know. It's <laughs> I so it. good. Me and too. I, I, we've talked about how I believe that I'm going to launch into a podcast very soon, uh, hosting a podcast. And But I keep getting stuck on, I only want to do it if Will will be my <laughs> first guest. I don't know that Will's going to come on my podcast. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. Well, he is doing a series on TikTok about unreasonable hospitality in the wild. So maybe that's your way in. Start just TikTok okay. stalking him for a while. I have an Instagram stalking him, but... <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Yes. That's so funny. So yeah. So, so that book, Thanks for coming in today is another little snack of a book. Uh, my friend, uh, uh, Charles Ryan Minton, a great story in there. Do Epic Shit, Victoria Porter, amazing human being. And I'm going to give you one more. This was an early bird for me, the QBQ. Oh, awesome. I love it. QBQ, I've never heard of that one. Question behind the question. Ooh, that sounds interesting. My most favorite thing in your book is your suggestion to make friends first. It seems like once I know this now inside my brain, I'm like, well, duh, that's common sense. But the way that you explain it and the way that you explain why we don't always do it, I think is genius and groundbreaking. So let me let you do the talking and you describe what you mean by that and how it works. Perfect. And just like you said, when people hear, when I tell people the first step is to pause and make friends first, I know what goes through people's head is that is ridiculously simple. <laughs> of course I would do that. And I purposely tee things up in my audiences because I know, I know that I would probably be that general manager in the audience going, not my people. Nope, not my people. They always mm -hmm. make friends first. But here's the thing, my friends. They don't make friends first. And here's why. It's not because they're not great hospitality people. It is because of biology. When the, you have the anxiety of a hard no confrontation, potentially, someone asks you a question that you know is a no, that anxiety gets the better of you and your brain goes into fight or flight. And you either want to get it over with really quick, no, I'm sorry, unfortunately we don't, or fight. No, ma'am, not here, not there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And I've had those responses in real life. So that's what's happening. It's not because we're not great hospitality leaders. It is because of biology. But you can beat biology by building the muscle. And the muscle to pause before answering any question and just make friends, make a connection, build a relationship. And again, you think you do this, but you don't. I have called probably close to a thousand hotels before going into doing training or a keynote or whatnot. And I asked them one simple hard no question. And I have never, ever had someone pause and make friends first. They go right into, no, I'm sorry, unfortunately. 
Oh my gosh, that is so crazy. Well, I have to tell you that very soon after I finished your book, I got emailed a question that felt like an immediate no to me. And so I was like mulling over how was I going to respond and how was I going to do it in a kind way. And do you know what I did? I just said yes, because it was so much easier. Right? Like, what difference does it make? It was such a stupid thing that I was going to say no about. And I'm like, why? Make friends first. How can I do? And I'm like, you know what? Here's how. Say yes. (laughs) You know, I love this so much, Susan, because here's what I want to share with everybody too. This is also science. That when you do pause and make that friend, and you had that happen to you, you paused and you were trying to like connect, even though it was in your own mind. <laughs> yes. The minute you did that, you get out of the anxiety of that's a no, and you go right into the heart and you lead from the heart. And you're like, how could I say yes? And you just did it. You yep. just did it. And that is exactly what happens. The minute we make a friend, We release that anxiety and it goes right into the heart and we go, how could I help that guest? That is so beautiful. I mean, it's definitely not something that comes naturally to me. So I was grateful to read the idea. Yes. And it doesn't come naturally to anyone. And I'll give you an example. We are genetically programmed to lean towards the negative and the no's in our life. We hear something and it's immediately, oh, no, can't do that. And then sometimes we calm down and we go, but we can do, duh. but we immediately go to the no. And that's all of us, unless you train yourself, unless you build the muscle. And because we are not genetically programmed to go to the yes, we're genetically programmed to go to the no. So interesting. Mm-hmm. We have reached the fortune telling portion of the show. So now's the time to predict the future and then we'll come back and see if you were right. Okay. What is a prediction that you have about the future of hotel loyalty programs? Mm. Well, let me first by saying, here's a hope for what I wanted to go back to. (laughs) I wanted to go back in time, actually. My hope is that it goes back to being your status going back to solely based on your true loyalty, your use of the product. Because right now, there is so much buying status that it is putting so many people in the upper echelon that it makes it excruciatingly difficult to, as a hotel leader, or I'm sure any service provider, to make someone feel elevated and special because you have a hundred of that status in the house at one time. Everybody is elite. Nobody is. It's interesting because the same is true with airlines, right? Like they, Mm -hmm. you can buy status with different credit cards. But here's something that I heard, and I don't know if this is true about hotels too, but that the airline airlines make more profit off their credit card business than they do off their airplane business. So what then? I don't know because I don't have that fact, but I have heard something along those lines. However, I still believe that there can be points added and things like that added, but your actual status, 
I just feel like that's got to be protected. Mm-hmm. That only you only get that status if you truly use the product, not buy your way into it. And I, you know, I'm I'm a simple gal. I don't know how I'm going to save the whole world on that one, but that <laughs> would be my future dream that we go back to that. I agree. I love that yeah. idea. If you mm-hmm. could wave a magic wand and eliminate one thing about the hotel check-in process, what would it be? Well, see, I'm going to switch it positive again. <laughs> what I'll say is that if I could ma- wave a magic wand, I would create one thing and it would be this advanced technology that when a guest walks in the front door, I would have this little bug in my ear telling me their name, how to pronounce it, their preferences, and something fun to connect with them. <laughs> oh, wow. That's cool. Have you seen the things in... I think they prototyped it in the Denver airport maybe where you are walking through and your specific gate information flashes on a sign up above you because it's connected to your app on your phone. Like I think you have to opt in for it or whatever. But it would be like, Christine, you're going to gate A. Susan, you're going to gate B. And I don't think it's widespread. I think they're still yeah. testing it, but it, that's something like that, you know? That is exactly what I'm talking about. And that movie with Tom Cruise is what has got me thinking about it ever since I saw that movie. Do you remember what that movie was? Um, it was when he's kind of like a robot and he had, he had to go in the water. I can't remember the name of it. I don't either. Hand, but it was, it was, a, we were living in a world like that. And when you pass things, it read your, your corneas or something. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I would love. I would love that. And with technology, it's honestly making it harder for us to know their names and whatnot. I remember used to, when I'd see a regular guest walk in and go, oh God, I should remember his name or her name. I would say, uh, I would say, oh, welcome back. It's so good to see you. I've got you all set. Just need your credit card. And then I'd look at their credit card real quick. But we're not even taking credit cards anymore mm-hmm. to get that secret. To, you know, So it's it's actually becoming harder to personalize in some ways. So I would wave a magic wand and I would have that technology. Awesome. I love it. Well, what is next for you and what's next for your company? Well, the Yes Learning Hub is the next thing that's on my plate. And I wouldn't say on my plate, on my horizon. And it is, again, a training platform so that you can, uh, your company, let's say, for example, can subscribe. And then everyone in your portfolio can have access to have every associate, every new hire go through Yes is the Answer with me and my energy with the purpose piece. I've got some bonus trainings in there. And it's uh, I'm just so excited because people have been asking me for this for so long. And it's finally here. And I'm so excited. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay, folks, before we tell Christine goodbye, we are going to head down to the loading dock where all of the best stories get told. <laughs> Going down. Christine, what is a story you would only tell me on the loading dock? Okay, I was thinking about this and I think it's because I'm a naturally positive person. I think I've forgotten so many of the <laughs> of the of the really horrific ones, but the the one that just keeps blocking my mind, it's as a speaker, not even in the hotel. So someone just recently asked me my to tell them my speaker horror story. And I think this takes the cake. 
So I was new. I so this was in the very beginning of my speaking journey. And I it was right after COVID. So it was right after coming back from COVID. So there was months upon months I didn't even speak in front of anyone. I didn't even see anybody. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm getting ready to go on. But before I go on stage to energize hundreds of people, they did an entire memorial to everyone in the company and everyone in the company's families who died from COVID. What in the world? Then I had to get on with my energy and my happiness. Oh my God. Uh... So everyone's like in the audience crying as you take the stage. Literally one of the owners of the company's mother died. And then everybody was like, oh, and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to (laughs) do? Wow. Oh, wow. Well, I have no doubt that you turned that situation around. I did. (laughs) But my question for you is, have you changed anything in your contract so that you have to know what's coming before in the run of show. You know, that would have been a good idea. <laughs> but I obviously do not learn a lot from that lesson because I just tell the story. But <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, I often will ask leaders, um, is there anything you don't want me to talk about? So I will ask that during my intake session. Um, I had one person say, there's a lot of Trump people in the audience. So don't say anything negative about Trump. I'm like, well, I didn't plan to go there anyway. So, <laughs> But I always love to ask, is there anything that you don't want me to talk about or say or whatnot? I, and I'll give you an example. Another company said, we once had a speaker talk about how you need to get off property for lunch and we don't allow that. So, so he, he mentioned that. So, but, but it's good to ask because sometimes things come up that you're like, oh, you know, I wouldn't even thought of that. Yeah, totally. Christine Turby, thank you so much for being here. I am sure that our listeners feel like they just drank seven shots of espresso and got a lot of great tips. And I really appreciate you riding up to the top floor. Oh, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. And I have enjoyed every minute with you. Thanks so much for listening. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 118. Jonathan Albano is our editor, producer, and all around genius. He even wrote and performed our theme song with vocals by Cameron Albano. You can subscribe to Top Floor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And your rating or review will go a long way in helping us give you more of what you like. Thanks for listening to the Top Floor Podcast at www.topfloorpodcast.com. Have a hospitality marketing question? Reach us at 850-404-9630 to be featured in a future episode. 